This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I've been ministering on the subject of love this month. Amen? And uh, I'm sure we all are walking in more love after this series. Glory to God. Amen? And I'm telling you, love is the key. If you're going to live a successful Christian life, you're going to have to learn to walk in love. Amen. Amen. If you're going to be successful in this life, you're going to have to learn how to walk in love. And, and we can't walk the love walk like the way the world walks it. Amen. Because the world is different than, than, than the church. Hopefully the, the church is, is you know, there, there's love out in the world, but their love is fickle. Amen. They may love you one moment and hate you the next. But, uh, but here, the love here, it's constant. Hopefully in this church, it's constant love. Amen. And so we want to walk in the love of God. We don't want to follow the pattern of the world. And, and their pattern is more of lust. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. But, um, but, but we want to walk in the God kind. Somebody say the God kind of love. And that's called the agape love of God. And that kind of love never fails. The Bible says when you walk in God's love, you will never fail. You believe that today? So Romans 12, 2, we've been looking at this as a, as a scripture that we go to through the series. And it says here uh, in Romans 12, 2, the New Living Translation, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So we're talking about love this, this month and really uh, about relationships. And, and, and you're not going to be able to get out of relationships. You know, it's like that one person says, I would, I, w- I would live life pretty good if it wasn't for the people. So, you know, uh, there's going to be always people around. So we're going to have to learn. That was supposed to be funny. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) hallelujah, God is good. So we're going to have to learn. Look at your name and say, learn to walk in love. Because, you know, we're going to have to learn to walk in love. It's it's not going to come easy. And and really, if you're going to walk in the God kind of, how many people want to walk in the God kind of love? Amen. Amen. How many people want to be a martyr out here? No, we won't raise it. But uh, <laughs> if you're going to walk in the God kind of love, you're going to have to get a revelation that God loves you. Amen. You're going to have to get a revelation that, that God loves you with an everlasting love. You've you got to get a revelation. The first uh, message I taught was that God is good. Can somebody say God is good? And God is good to us. And God has good plans for us. You believe that today? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is uh, in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I think sometimes, you know, when we were walking this Christian walk, you know, not every day is a good day. There are some days that, that we're going to have a trial of our faith. Anybody being tried in their faith out here? And sometimes when we're in a trial of our faith, we, get, we sometimes feel like that God doesn't really love us. No, God loves you. God's, I'm going to say this. God's not testing you today. He's not testing your faith. It's the devil that tests us. It's the devil that tested Jesus in the wilderness. 
He tested Jesus' resolve in the wilderness. And the devil will test us and really to test, see how much, you know, we love God. Is that right? Are we all going through tests at times? And, you know, I, I always got to check, not that we got to get, of course, a revelation of God's love for us. But, but do we love God? And I believe you love God this morning. Amen. I love John 10, 10. Because in John 10, 10, Jesus said that he came that we may have have life and have it what more abundantly. And again, there's going to be a process to walk in the abundance of life. There's going to be a process and we're going to grow in abundance. We're going to grow in. in we're going to increase. Amen. And as you are in, in church today, hopefully you're increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. And when you increase in the knowledge of God, you're going to increase in his peace and you're going to increase in his joy. You believe that today? And that's what I want to walk in a little bit more peace and joy. And of course, we know that in, in Acts 10, 38, that uh, Jesus was exact expression of God in the earth. And so if you if you read about Jesus in the Gospels and what he did in the Gospels is what God would do. Amen. Everything that Jesus did, Jesus is the exact expression of God, the father. And and uh, in, in the book of Acts, we have Peter and Peter was talking about Jesus. And he said how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and what, what with power and how he went about doing good and healing all. So what is God all about? Doing good and healing all. Why, am I, why do I keep repeating myself every week? Because I want you guys to get it. Why? Because all of us are struggling in our faith at times and we forget. Do you know it's easy to forget? It's easy to forget how good God is. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and, ha- and hearing not having heard. I was talking to my mom last night about the message. I said, well, I'm going to just try to recap a little bit and go into my main message. And uh, I said, do you remember what I preached on last week? And she said, no, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I forgot, too. (laughs) I I was going over what I preached on last week. I was just talking to her about my message. And I said, I forgot what I preached on last week. Does anybody remember? Okay, then I can go over it a little bit more. Nobody remembers what I preached on last week. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Okay, the second week. Why? Because 45 minutes on a Sunday morning is not enough. We need more of God every day, don't we? I'm telling you, we need more of God. The second week, we talked about uncommon commitment. And if you're going to walk in love towards God... And towards people, you're going to have to have uncommon commitment. You know, with, with, with uh, everybody that's married here, hopefully you, get, you had some married vows. And you said in sickness and in health, amen, uh, in, for richer or for poorer, um, and to death do us part. So any, you, you made a vow that you're going to stick in it. How, how many married people in here? Glory to God. You guys sticking in it. Amen. You guys are going to stay in the fight. You're not going to give up. Glory to God. Being committed. It's easy to be committed when everything is good, like I said before. But when things are challenging in the relationship, that can be a challenge to be committed. Amen. 
And then we need to be committed to God. Amen. In 2 Timothy 2, 11 and 13, it says this. This is a faithful saying. This is uh, Paul writing this to Timothy. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Talking about Christ. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Amen. And this is really powerful. If we deny him, he will also deny us. That's pretty strong, isn't it? If we deny him, he will also deny. I don't want to deny Christ, but we can get in a place in our walk with God where we can get in a place where we can get hard towards the things of God. And, and we know that sin can make our hearts hard. And, and we know that at even even persecution can make us hard. Amen. Get us offended. Uh, you know, the Bible says that there 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 uh, there there's different grounds uh, of people's hearts where the seed goes in. And the second ground, the people received it with joy. They got the word of God. But then when persecution came because of the word, the Bible says these people got offended. Think about that. In other words, when, when we're walking with God and everything's not working like we thought it was supposed to work. Amen. Sometimes we will get offended. Look at your name and say, don't get offended. We don't want to get offended with God. Amen. If, if anybody's trying to steal from you, it's the devil. It's not God's not our problem. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation of that. And so if we deny him, he will also deny uh, us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Amen. Hebrews 3.14 says this way. If we are faithful to the end. Somebody say faithful to the end. Amen. Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed. Just as firmly as we first believed. We will share in all that belongs to Christ. So right here, uh, Paul is writing this in Hebrews. He says we need to be faithful to the end as from the beginning. Hello. In other words, you know, when you got saved, you were fired up for God. Glory to God. Going to church, you know, cracking that Bible. We need to continue to be that way even to the end. You know, on my last day on this earth, before I before I see Jesus, I'm going to be doing the same thing that I do today uh, or every morning, getting up, reading my Bible, praising the Lord. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep praising, worshiping and thanking God, putting God first place. I'm going to keep doing it even at my 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 last breath. I think about my dad. How faithful he was uh, and, uh, and was to the church. I was thinking about, you know, he went home to be in heaven on a Wednesday. But that Sunday, he was faithfully serving God. He was ushering, passing out, uh, being his best. Amen. Being his best. And, you know, I know that there's a crown of life that was laid up for my dad when he got to heaven. And I know that Jesus said, well done, thy good and faithful servants. Hallelujah. That's awesome. And, of course, my dad left a legacy, you know, of, of the family. And all of us are serving God in some capacity, all of the family. I'm telling you, when you're faithful... 
When you're doing the right things, you keep doing, even though things may not look right, you keep doing the right things. Amen. Amen. Revelation 3.10 says this way, because you, uh, because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have that no one will take away your crown. Oh, my Lord. Hold on. What is Jesus saying? Somebody may be able to take it away like the devil. In other words, the devil wants us to cast away our confidence in God. No, don't cast your confidence away in God. No, no, we got to stay rooted in God, rooted in his love, rooted in his word. We got to stay rooted and grounded in God. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? I'm thinking about this because it says that you will escape that day of testing. What day is that? I believe that that's that's talking about when, when, when uh, you know, this planet, it, when we go through the tribulation. And I don't believe that the saints are going through the tribulation. Amen. I don't believe, you know, we're going to be here with a with the Antichrist and with a third of the world population dying and all this and all pandemonium. No, I don't believe that. I believe Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, full of love and faith, doing the works of Jesus. Glory to I'm, I'm ready to get raptured right now, man. I'm, notice that that's rapture ready, man. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? You better be raptured, man. I'm ready to go up now, man. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man. So I, I don't. See, listen. I, I want to be like the five wise uh, virgins. You know, Jesus talked about in the end days, there's going to be ten virgins. Five with their oil filled. Five that did not fill their oil. And I'm telling you, I want to be the wise virgin filled with oil. That means filled with the word of God, filled with the love of God, filled with the spirit of God. I want to be as excited today as I am on my last day on earth. At an age of 120. Who's lived to 120? Amen. Glory to God. So we got to we got to keep our oil filled. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your oil filled. Amen. And then uh, last week, uh, which I couldn't remember what I talked about, but <laughs> uncommon communication. And uh, we talked about the power of our words. Now you're remembering, right? The power of, of the spoken word. And this is powerful because, you know, our words are containers and they can contain either death or life, blessing or curse. Our words are powerful. There's an old saying that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. Words can destroy people. Words are powerful. That's why we got to make sure that we're choosing our words wisely, especially in our relationships. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, we'll eat our words. And so everything that we have today, everything that we're experiencing today is, is what we said yesterday. Your words are seeds and they will grow. 
And we got to make sure that we're sowing the right seed. What Jesus said, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. But I say to you, every idle word that man may speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words, you would be justified or by your words, you will be condemned. And again, we're talking about, you know, denying Christ by your or or or, or proclaiming Christ. By your words, you will be justified. Right. And by your words, you will be condemned. By your words, you will have salvation. Amen. Or by your words, you will have damnation. Are you listening to what I'm talking about today? In other words, I'm going to prof- listen. I'm not going to make Buddha, you know, my God. I'm not changing Jesus for Buddha. I'm not changing Jesus for Muhammad. Uh, are you listening to what I'm saying today? No, I'm not going that route. I'm, well, I, I, I like this religion a little bit better. You better not like some other religion a little bit better. You better, uh, you better understand that Jesus is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And the enemy is trying to get people to, to switch out and move in a different avenue. And even some people that used to go to church would say, I don't think that Jesus is the only way. There's got to be other ways to God. No, there's no other way to God but Jesus. I'm sorry to tell you that. Jesus is the only way. And we got to stand with Jesus. If we don't stand for, for what's true, then we'll fall for any lie that's out there. And Jesus said that Jesus said, I don't point to the truth. I am the truth. Amen. Jesus is truth personified. So today I want to talk to you about uncommon love. Uh, part four, which is the power of unity. So I want to talk to you about unity today. You know, unity is important. The enemy's trying to uh, cause division in our relationships. He's trying to cause division between us and other people. And so we got to be very careful because because united we stand, divided we fall. I like what it says in Psalms 133, 133. It says this in Psalms 133, 13. It says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. So so here uh, the psalmist is saying that it's good for us to dwell in unity and unity. There's there's the power of the commanded blessing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So I don't know about you, but I want to walk in a commanded blessing. And to do that, we got to walk in unity. First, we got to walk in unity towards God. Amen. And then we need to walk in unity towards each other. In Amos 3.3, 3, it says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? The enemy is going to try to get married couples out of unity. See, there's power when we come together. There's power when we come together. There, there's, there's a prayer of agreement. And when we come together and we pray, there's dunamis power that results from that. The Bible says one can cast out a thousand, two can cast out ten thousand. We have power when we come together in unity. That's why God invented church. We're more powerful together as a church than individually apart. We can do more together together as a church than we can individual. 
Amen. That's why God created church. We're better together. Say, say, say we're better, we're better. Together. together. I like what it says in Isaiah. It says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. This is Isaiah 1, 18 and 20. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, there shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I love that. And so what it is, is we, we have a struggle because some of us are obedient, but then, then some of us have an attitude in our obedience. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? But we got, we got to connect a willing heart to our obedient acts. In other words, we have to have a good attitude while we're serving God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? And when we have a good attitude, oh, I don't want to come to church today. It's raining out there. I, man, the pastor's probably going to be boring. You know, I, you know, hey, no, no, you've got to have a good attitude when you come to church. You don't need to come to, with an attitude of expectancy. And you need to connect a good attitude. You need to have a good attitude with your spouse. In other words, it, uh, your spouse is a good thing. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Now, I'm not trying to say, say that your woman's a thing, but what I'm saying, she's a good thing. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Glory. This is a tough crowd today. It seems like it's been raining all week. Amen. Glory to God. And so, and so we, need to, we, need to, we need to understand that, that scripture saying, listen, even though, you know, your sins may be as scarlet, they will be white as wool. Amen. In other words, what God is saying in this, in that passage is come to me and I will get you in a place where we can walk together in unity. God wants us walking with him in unity. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul and I was thinking about how he was he was, you know, really he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was, uh, you know, uh, uh, zealous for the law and the Jewish traditions and he hated Christians. This was before he became the Apostle Paul. It was Saul of Tarsus and he persecuted the Christians and he threw them in jail. And and he was there when Stephen got stoned and um and so, and so, I was going to make a joke there, but he was there, and uh, and so he he hated the he he was zealous for his for his for his you know Jewish traditions, and he thought that they were in the wrong. He thought he was doing God's service by killing Christians, but you know what? One day, while he was riding in Damascus to to put some Christians in jail, a light a bright light shined all around him and knocked him off his horse. In other words, he 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 thought he was. And then he says, you know, then he he heard the voice of Jesus. Paul, Paul, why? Why are you persecuting me? And then Jesus said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks or or the goads. And and uh, in other words, what what he what Jesus meant by that is that that Paul was going against God. And the more you go against God, the worse it becomes in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so he said, Paul, it's hard to kick against the goads. And in other words, the more you push against God, you know, God's not going to break. We're going to break. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And then and then Paul says, who, who, who am I persecuting? Jesus. And that was it. That knocked him off his horse. He was already knocked off his horse. And when he heard Jesus, 
He thought it was a false religion that was coming in to steal Judaism. And then he realized and his eyes were open that Jesus is the way, is the truth. He was persecuting uh, the wrong Person, Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And I'm telling you, sometimes we need to get knocked off of our horse of our ego. Amen. And we need to realize that we don't have it all together and that we need Jesus in our life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And we, we need to get in, in, in unity with God. Say get in unity with God. Amen. So, so we need to get in unity with God. And so I, let me give you four causes of disunity. Let me give you four causes of disunity. The first uh, cause of disunity in a relationship is poor communication or miscommunication. Have you ever said anything to somebody? You thought you made yourself clear. You may have, you may be your spouse. You asked them to do something and they don't follow through on what you asked them to do. And you thought that you, it was clear and then you thought it was going to be taken care of and, uh, and it wasn't. And then what happens? It causes fr- anybody know what I'm talking about here? Miscommunication. Didn't I tell you that you needed to do this? Didn't I? And, and miscommunication or poor communication causes us a rift. That's what messes us up and causes division in our relationship. I like, I like to get, you know, I used to be in sales. And when, I, when I'm talking to somebody, I like for them to repeat back what I say to them. They tell you to do that in sales. So this is what you're looking for. Let me make sure I got this. I understand what you're saying. You're telling me this. And so I repeat back. That's a good way not to mess up. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Because a lot of times we're just half listening. Oh, you listening. Our spouse is talking. Uh, Somebody's talking to us, giving us some direction. And we're not really fully engaging. And we're half listening to people. And you're not going to create unity by half listening. I can tell when I'm on the phone talking to somebody if they're distracted. Because you, when you hear the snoring. <laughs> you know there's a distraction. Are you, are you, know, are you know what I'm talking about there? You, you know there's a problem. Or when you say, hey, are you there? Are you there? And you hear them doing something out in the background. <laughs> away from the phone. You know. Can somebody say offended? No, I won't go there. But so Psalms nineteen fourteen says it this way. It says here uh, this we, we need a well Psalms one forty one three says this. We need to pray this prayer for our communication that we're not saying things that you know when we're a lot of times we say things. Also, uh, we can be crude in our words towards our spouse or towards other people. You ever been there? They do something that's not too smart. And you let them know it. You know, it's this one, one young man that was married. He's, he still needed to get a grasp on his words. And he, and he, and he was married to his wife. And, and she did something that wasn't that, that wise. And he said, I don't know how you can be so beautiful and so dumb at the same time. And she said, let me explain this to you. I'm beautiful so you could be attracted to me. I'm dumb so I could be attracted to you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Don't, don't get in a fight like that. <laughs> don't be... Scar- Are you listening to what I'm saying? We got to be careful with our words. Be careful with your words. Amen. It says here, let the words of my mouth... This is another one. Let the words of my mouth 
And the meditation of my heart, this is Psalms 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So, so, so we need to pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart will be acceptable. In other words, you know, love, love thinks no evil. And if you're thinking negative, eventually it's going to come out of our mouths. So we got to make sure that the meditation, because it's easy to think negative. It's easy to think negative about people. It's easy to be judgmental. I was at, I was at dinner and uh, last week with one of the board members of a church. They live in Tulsa. And uh, I was at dinner with him and, and uh, one of the ministers at, at Rama. It's a little overweight. And I made a comment. And I shouldn't have made that comment. I was like, you know, he needs, a, he needs a drop a little weight. You know, he looked like he... And he probably put on about 40 or 50 pounds just in one year. And, uh, you, know, he's, you know, his stomach is entering the room before he does. You know what I'm talking about. But, and I was like... And I said, he's, you know, he, if he's going to... You know, he's like the son of, the, of, the, of, the, of Brother Hagen. He's, uh, he's, he's just overweight. And I said, if he's going to live long, he needs to work on that. And then they defended him and said, no, he has a kidney problem, you know, and, and I think I offended them, <laughs> my board member, because, you know, he has a kidney problem. So he had a problem. That's the reason why he has all this weight on him and all that. And I said, oh, OK, now I understand. So maybe I was being a little judgmental because I didn't know he had a kidney problem. And so sometimes what we're doing is we're judging people by our standards. We're looking at people, what, what we would do. Me, I would go on a fast for probably a year. You know what I'm talking about? I would be fasting. I, that's me. But I can't put what I do on other people. I can't put what I believe in health and fitness, what makes, makes you know, it, what works for me may not work for somebody else. And I think sometimes how we can get judgmental is that we look at where people are at, but we don't know really where they're at. And we just judge on the outside. You know, God doesn't judge on the outside. He judges on the inside. He looks at the hidden heart of the man. And so that's the reason why we got to be very careful, even in relationships. If our spouse does something that may not be right, their heart intention may not be to do wrong. Their heart intention may not be to tick you off. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They may not try to set you up for a bad day. In other words, you got to get you got to you got to get some understanding in a relationship. The Bible says that we we need to have under if we're going to dwell with our spouses, we need to have understanding. Yes. Amen. Number two way that causes disunity in a relationship is this is the key It's unfulfilled expectations. Think about this. This is when we go into a relationship or, or that we're dealing with with a relationship or whatever, um, and we have an expectation um, of something to be fulfilled, and it doesn't meet our expectations. What happens? We get mad. And it, it happened just a couple weeks ago. I went out. We went out. I took Yin out uh, on on um, Valentine's Day, the fourteenth, and I'm telling you, all the restaurants were crowded, and I and I wanted to take her to. Um, uh, the steak restaurant that was down the street. Uh, what's the name of that steak restaurant? Um, Golden Corral. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the name of it? 
Texas Roadhouse. You're the man. You get the price. And Texas Roadhouse. And we went there. It was like a two-hour wait. I said, two-hour wait? It was like a two-hour wait. I found out now you can have an app. And, uh, and you can actually set it up before you even drive out. So dr- drop that app down in your phone. But anyway, it was two-hour wait. And, I, and we didn't have time for that. And so I said, well, we went to the second best restaurant. And we went to this restaurant. And they didn't have a wait. But when I ordered the steak... Uh, I ordered it, you know, medium rare, and it was well done. So, you know, what I'm saying was my expectation wasn't met. And I hate sending food back. You know, I ate a little bit of it. You know, anybody who ever worked in a restaurant, you don't, you don't make the cook mad. Amen. So because you don't want them offended. You don't want them dropping the steak on the floor. You know what I'm talking about. So so I, I, I hate sending food. Anybody like that in here? It's, it's just me. It's, I just have a quirk about that. I used to work in the in, in, in the restaurant business. And so and so what am I saying? I'm saying a lot of times we, unex, unfulfilled expectations will cause us to get angry. Unfulfilled prayers will cause us to get mad at God. When we're praying and we're not seeing an answer to our prayer, what do we do? We get mad at God. What's wrong with me? Or what's wrong with you? Listen, it's not over yet. You know, if you're still alive, God, I believe God is working on it. Just believe that God, how long must God work on it? Well, get your attitude right first. Maybe he's waiting for you to get in some peace about it. Because if you're all fretting about what you're praying about that not seem to be working, if you're fretting and worrying about it, you're not in faith. You're in doubt and unbelief. And God can't work on your situation when you're, when you're fussing and fuming about the situation, waiting on the answer. For, this is good this morning. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Waiting for the answer from God to come. In other words, we've got to move into that peace realm. We've got to move into a rest realm. We need to start resting in the promises of God. I know the Bible says in, in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. So what, what, what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that there's going to be a process when we're praying. And I know sometimes we have instantaneous answered prayer. But most of my prayers take some time for it to come to pass. Amen. Why? Because a lot of times when we were praying, there's other, there could be other people involved. I remember listening to this one minister. He was, he was struggling, believing God for finances. And that was a process of time. He, 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 he preached prosperity when he was dirt poor, when he was struggling, when he had bald tires, he still preached, God wants you prosperous. But you know, it came to a point where he could barely make it. He had to believe God. One time he had to believe God for food on his table. Can you believe that? And he told his children, don't tell anybody we need anything. We're believing God. Don't put pressure on people, put pressure on God. And so they just and believed and I think two days when they'd have any food. And, and the third day, somebody came with all these groceries and said, you know, um, I, for Brother Hagan, I should have brought these two days ago. And I felt really impressed from God to do this. But I thought, you don't need any groceries. And I just blew it off. But every day, I, 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 you know, 
as the time went by, I just felt a pressure on me to buy some groceries and bring them to your house. Sometimes, yes, God is moving, but people are moving slower. Sometimes our blessing is working through people. God works through people to bless us. Now, I know he could send a raven to feed you like he did with a prophet. But more, what he's going to do is he, you're going to get a blessing. You're either going to receive a blessing from somebody else. Amen. God moves on people. to get you. That's why I always pray that I have favor, glory to God, with people, favor and grace. Hallelujah. And so we need to get a revelation of that. In James 4, 1 and 2, it kind of touches on this. It says, for what causes fights and quarrels among you, don't they come from your desire that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. And then our wrong response, we desire things and we do not have. So it says, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask from God. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. I'm going to say this. People are not your source. You don't put you don't put pressure on people. You put pressure on the word of God. You don't pressure people to give you what you want. You, you put pressure on the word of God. You b- believe and you pray and you believe that God is moving. Amen. One of the other keys to, 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 uh, to division is that uh, we despising the differences. Listen, men, women are different. Men and women are different. I'm going to say that. Men are different than women. Women think different than men. We got, we got to understand that we're different. God puts, uh, puts two different people together. Why? So, so we can challenge our faith. So we can learn how to walk in love. Amen. Uh, we have different personalities. You know, we, we have, we, God doesn't normally put, you, you've heard that old saying, opposites attract. Sometimes God puts in two people, they're so totally different. Why? So we can learn and grow from each other. If we were the same, if everybody, listen, if everybody was with like a Pastor David Lambert in this room, we would all be jumping up doing this. Glory to God. No, we all need to be a little different. There, there's, there, you know, that's why I love this church. This church is it's not just, praise God, it's a unique church with different cultures, different types of people. Why? Because God loves variety. I don't like just one ice cream. I like variety. I like chocolate. I like vanilla. I like strawberry. I like variety. And God loves variety. And variety is going to be in heaven. Glory to God. Like I always say, this is a little slice of heaven. So we don't want to despise our differences. You know, Jesus, you know, he came uh, uh, and he started ministering the kingdom of God. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees hated him. And he started ministering and he started doing things that were totally different. He started casting out demons and the Pharisees and uh, said, well, you know, and he was he was setting people free. But, you know, they were so jealous of Jesus instead of trying to join him and, and figure out how to do the same thing that he was doing. He was getting the crowds and, and, and the Pharisees were jealous. The Pharisees said to Jesus, you're casting out the devil and healing people by the power of the devil. You're doing it by power. And Jesus said, guys, you don't understand how kingdom things work and how how think how if you're going to win in this life, you, the only way you're going to win is in unity. 
And the devil is if I'm casting out the devil, then that, mean, that means that that Satan's kingdom is being cast out and that kingdom is disunified. So so in, in other words, that uh, a king, then he said a kingdom divided cannot stand. So Jesus wasn't casting out the devil by the devil. He was casting out the devil by the finger of God. He was he was promoting the kingdom of God. He was undoing the works of the evil one. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so so listen. So 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 when Jesus was praying for the sick and he was setting them free, he was doing God's will. So this is a good point. It's not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be suffering poverty. It's not God's will for you to be, you know, unhappy. No, it's God's will for you to be walking in joy and peace. The kingdom of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need to understand that. The, the number fourth key is that, listen, we, we got to understand this. What the reason for division is that we're all fallible. We all have flesh and we all miss it. Amen. So listen, listen, you got to understand, you got to give grace to people. People will miss it. People will say the wrong things. Your, your spouse is not perfect. One of the worst things you can do. And I know when you first start dating, a lot of times we put our spouse on a pedestal and we put them on a pedestal. We think they, they can do no wrong. Listen, your spouse can do some wrong. People in relations can do some wrong. We're not perfect. We have flesh. In other words, we may be new creations in Christ, but we still can sin. Hello. You still have the ability to sin, even though you're a new creation in Christ and you have you're a partaker of the divine nature. You still can fall in temptation. That's the reason why we have 1 John 1, 9. If you sin, you confess your sins. God is faithful and righteous to forgive you of all unrighteousness and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So Romans 3.23 says it this way. For everyone who has sinned, Romans 3.23, New Living Translate. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So we need to be, what I'm saying to you this morning is, we need to be people of mercy. Amen. Romans 5.20 says this way. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So I'm going to say to you this morning that where there might be, your spouse may not be doing everything right, you know, where sin abounds in that area, God's grace can abound much more. How does God's grace abound? James 2.13 says this way, For judgment is without mercy to, to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Somebody say mercy. Mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. See, God, listen, God is so awesome that he doesn't want to judge any of us. He doesn't want to judge the world. That's why he sent his son Jesus. But he doesn't want to judge us. The Bible actually gives us a way out of judgment. You know, you know, you know, you want to give you a, a way out of, out of being judged by God? Judge yourself. Amen. The Bible says if you judge yourself, if you allow the word of God to, to, to reveal any areas in your life that's not lining up with God and you see that area and you judge yourself and repent and change, then you will not be judged. That's awesome. 
That's why you're in church today. You're in church today so that the light of God's word will show up any darkness in our lives and so that we can make adjustments so that judgment won't come. Hallelujah. Man, that, I could drop the mic there. I could just stop the rest of that. If we could just do that, look at ourselves. Instead of focusing on what other people's issues are, focus on our issues. And I think once we get our issues worked, the Bible says, hey, listen, the Bible says this way. Before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, take the first, take the log out of your own eye. In other words, there's issues that we have that we need to work on. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So there's four ways people deal with conflict. Number one is my way. This is where a person would say, either it's my way or the highway. I call it the dictator attitude. Listen, if you're going to be in a loving relationship, you can't be a dictator. You can't be saying my way or the highway. No, no, you've got to work together as a team. We've got to work together as a team. I, I, have a, I have a board that governs the church, and I don't go in there and say, this is how I'm going to. No, I, I, present, uh, I present something, what I want, may want to do, uh, and we vote on it. We allow them to come in, talk about it, but I don't tell them what I want. I, I, I suggest, and, then, and I say, pray about it, and if you think it's good, if you don't, then good. Why? Because I'm not going to be a dictator. I'm going to I'm going to have a board that governs my actions so that I won't be controlling. Amen. And so we need we need not to be uh, have a dictator attitude, my way or the highway attitude uh, 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 Four ways that people deal with conflict. Number two, your way. In other words, we 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 compromise and we say, OK, forget it. It's your way. But when we do that in a relationship, what a lot of times that does is when we do it enough your way, it builds resentment. Anybody ever been there? Man, I've been just doing it your way and it's not working and you get resentment. Amen. And so sometimes that doesn't work. And then then the third way we, we get is halfway. Uh, I will submit halfway and you submit halfway. And that works so well. But really, the best way is God's way. God's way. Allow God. In other words, we have to put God first place in our lives. I, I remember I, I was married before. And uh, many, many years ago. And uh, thank God we had no children. But I was married before and and uh, we fell out of church and I had a heart to go back to church. I knew that our relationship wasn't working when we were in church and that we fell out of church. and We got into the world and my, our relationship was working. And I said to my spouse at that time, I said, we need to get back to God. We need to put God in the center of this in our relationship. It's, God is the only way it's going to work. And of course, my ex said, no, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to put God in the relationship. And so I want to go a different route, go the world's way. And I said, no. It, it, and, and, and she said, you either do it my way or it's the highway. And, and, and there's the door. You know what I'm saying? She left. Amen. Why? Because it has to be God's way. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I said to her, it has to be God's way. It just can't be your way from now on. No, it has to be God's way. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And I'm so glad that I did it God's way. Because you never lose, even though you may lose a relationship or you may lose something, you'll never lose what God will uh, has for you. And God gave me something even better, my wife now, which is a hundred times better. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Faithful, a heart of gold, loves God, she can cook. She puts up with my jokes. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So our, our, what I'm saying to you today is we got we to make, make it God's way. Let me give you, let me finish this up. Four keys to help promote unity. Uh, number one, uh, you, we need to have a pre-fight strategy. This is for relationships. You have to have a strategy because you know what? In a relationship, you're going to have an argument. But you need to have a pre-fight strategy. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 gives you a pre-fight strategy. You ready for this? If your anger, uh, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. So here's a pre-fight strategy. Uh, Don't go to bed angry. In other words, get it resolved. Don't hold it in. You know, my, my, my last relationship that I was in, you know, I, you know, I went through a doors that my, my ex, she, 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 she never, she held everything in. She never said anything that I, you know, she would hold all her animosity and she would never talk or bring it out. And then finally she exploded. And we don't want to just, expl- you know what I'm saying? You hold it in long enough pretty soon, you will explode. And you need to talk it out. Somebody say, talk it out. Amen. So we don't want we don't want our, we don't want the anger to build up. We need to make sure that we get it right before we go to bed. A pre-fight plan. Amen. Uh, number two, never call names. Amen. When you're in when you're angry, don't call don't unless unless you're saying sweetheart or honey. Amen. In a relationship, don't call names. Amen. Amen. You calling them a name, you, you, you might as well be calling yourself that name. Because your spouse is a part of you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? In Colossians 3, it says, but, but now, Colossians 3, 8, Amplified, but now rid yourselves of all these things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. So don't allow that to come out of your mouth. Amen? First um, Peter 3, 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because through this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Number three, don't raise your voice. Amen. When you're in a relationship and it starts getting heated, don't raise your voice. The Bible says this, a soft answer, Proverbs 51, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. Are you listening? I know you're saying, Pastor, that's, you don't know who I'm married to. <laughs> you don't know. Ooh, man, you, I, you know, she's like, she's like the daughter of the devil. You don't know. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Yeah, she might have some issues, but you do too. Don't think you don't have any issues. Because the day you don't think you have issues, I mean, I can tell you what your issue is. Pride. We all have issues. Amen. So we want to be very careful. We're not raising our voice. Number four, never get historical. Now, I'm not saying hysterical. I'm saying historical. What I mean by that is don't bring up past mistakes in your relationship. Don't don't bring. This is good for us because when we listen as Christians, you're you're not you're going to sin every once in a while. You're going to miss it. Right. Don't bring that back up to God. God, I messed up last week. If you already repented from it, don't bring up. God doesn't remember it anymore. See, the enemy will get it, keep us in a in a state of shame of our past and get us focused on our past. But when we ask God's forgiveness, we, as they say in New York, forget about it. 
And we just need to forget about our past mistakes and keep moving forward in God. Amen. And same thing, same thing with your spouse. They may have made a mistake, but don't bring it back up to them. Let it go. I like what it says in Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Proverbs 17, 9. 9, 79 says this, he who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Let me say that again. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Amen. So we don't want to we don't want to be repeating people's past mistakes. Why? God's not going to repeat your past mistake. And God's not looking at your past mistake. He's not looking at that. You, you, you repent it is as if you've never done it. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Uh, number five, never say absolute words like never and always. You never do this and you always do this. We do that in relationships, don't we? You never do this. And you always do this. You always cook me a great dinner. <laughs> And you're never late for dinner. Okay, I'm putting something positive. But are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, don't use absolute words. Uh, Number six, never use threatening words like I'm going to leave you or I'm going to divorce you. This is this. I know some of you guys are single and you guys, thank God I'm single. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. Glory to God. And um, being single has its perks. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not all bad. The, the married people want to be single. The single people want to be married. I mean, I don't understand it. But are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And uh, it, it, it's a, it's a, uh, it, it's a, a, you know, marriage is a labor of love. I'm going to say again, it's a labor of love. Amen. So what, what do we want to do? We want to, I'm, I'm, I'm closing out here. We, we want to, we want to, Never use those threatening words. We don't want to use divorce or say, uh, I'm going to leave you. You know, let me give you an example. I got to close this down. My, 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 my wife's father, uh, he's not a Christian. But every time that Yin didn't do something that, that they liked, uh, she, was, she was living in their house, he would say, I'm going to throw you out. I'm going to throw you out. I'm going to throw you out. And when, when they found out that they were Buddhist, that, they were, that she was going to marry, that she was dating a Christian, they didn't like that. And then when they found out she, that, that, that she was going to marry not just a Christian, but a Christian pastor, they flipped out, too. And so and then, and then he said, I'm going to throw you out. I'm going to throw you out. And, and Yin said, OK, if you're going to throw me out, I'm leaving. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And then, and then what we ended up doing was I ended up packing her up and moving her to my parents' house. I had my own house. So she lived with my parents before we got married. I had my ushers come out. And they were packing her up. Amen. Moved her to, to, and then all her stuff got moved into my house. And three months later, we were married. Amen. We did it right. We did it right. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And what I'm saying is, you keep saying you're going to leave. You keep saying you're going to divorce. That does not, that does not help the relationship at all. If God says, man, if God was, when you pray into God, ask God to forgive you. And if you, if God was saying, listen, if you do this one more time, that's it. I'm done. God's not like that. God, God, you know, Jesus said, forgive how many times? Seven times 70 in a day. So we need to learn to walk in love and forgiveness. Number two, we need to focus on the good things of that person. In other words, we don't focus on all the negative things. Focus on the why you're with them. 
Focus on why you're, you're coming to church. Focus on why you're here at the church. You're here for God. You're here for the word. You're for, here for other people. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Focus on the good things. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, love thinks no evil. So we need to start thinking right about our spouse, right about our relationship with God, right about other people. We need to think right. Number three, we need to apply God's grace to people. We need to apply God's grace to people. It says in Romans 12, 17, 21, repay no one evil for evil. That's a good one. We could probably stand on that or talk about that for about an hour. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If possible, as much as it depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to the wrath for his written vengeance is mine. I will repay back, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not over, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So listen, if somebody's doing something negative to you, you don't respond the same way back. If somebody slaps you on the cheek, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Walk in love. And you can't do it with your natural love. You don't have the ability to do it with natural love. You can only do it with the love of God. And when we develop that relationship with God and we start walking in that love relationship with God, we're going we're gonna to walk out and be what God has called us to be. Love people of a love God operating in love, giving and forgiving. Did you receive something this morning? I believe you did. Let's go and uh, bow our heads in prayer and, and pray. Father, I just thank you for your mercies, for your goodness, and for your love this morning. I thank you, Father God, that you love us so much. And that you demonstrate your love by giving your very best, your son, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. You love us so much. You gave your life for us. And I thank you that we can give our lives to the brethren. And I thank you, Father God, for every person here today. And Father, I thank you for those watching online. And Father, I I know that that there's people in here and maybe watching online that wants to experience your love. And the only way we can experience your love, God, is through your son, Jesus. And so I, I want you to pray this prayer. If you never pray this prayer, you can have the love of God enter into your heart today. Say say this to me in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead. For my justification, Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 